Welcome, everyone. I am Bob Wurzelbacher, the director of the Respect Life Office for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, and this is our video podcast series that we call Being Pro-Life. Each month, we discuss a different topic in the Respect Life arena. We hear personal stories from people deeply affected by those issues, and finally, we'll share ways that you can get involved. This month, we're talking about the beauty of art in the Respect Life movement. And this week, we're going to talk about the image of the ultrasound. So let's introduce this week's guest. Will you please introduce yourself? My name is Lee Carter. I am a licensed practical nurse. I am trained in limited obstetrical ultrasound. I've been working in the pro-life ministry for over 25 years and have 17 years experience doing ultrasound. Right, Lee, so this podcast has people all over the world, actually, but the vast majority of our population is within the confines of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, which is the city of Cincinnati and Little North, like Dayton and other cities. Where have you worked around here in Ohio? Well, most of my pro-life ministry experience has been in Dayton, Ohio. I have worked in Florida a little bit. Currently, I am working for the Miami Valley Women's Center in Dayton, Ohio. So that is really close to the Surgical Abortion Center up there in Kettering in Dayton, correct? Yes, we consider this a key battleground in the war against abortion. One of the most infamous abortionist, Martin Haskell, operates out of Kettering, Ohio. Yes, we're very familiar with the operations of that center and how the transfer agreements that we try and they have and the approval of the doctors, most of that has been through Wright State. And the difficulty of trying to get that center closed, even on the grounds of not operating legally with the rules that are involved on on what an abortion center is supposed to have in order to care for a woman. If there's a crisis or if there's a need for that woman to go to to the hospital after that. So let's talk about the image of the ultrasound. So in your work with ultrasounds, what is the effect that the image of an ultrasound has on a woman that is in some kind of a crisis pregnancy or is abortion-minded, as we sometimes say? As you can imagine, a woman in crisis can have a lot of different reactions to seeing the image of her unborn baby on a screen or even the baby's beating heart or hearing the beating heart. So what we find at the Miami Valley Women's Center with current statistics is that 77% of the women that we have identified as abortion-minded, which means they said they're having an abortion or made an abortion appointment, or someone in their life is pressuring them to have an abortion. Of those women, 77% changed their mind after viewing the ultrasound image. And I think that's quite remarkable. 77%, I mean, over half of those women, uh, when they see their baby, they just fall in love with it. Right. So 77%, that is remarkable. That's like three quarters. And that's three quarters of the women who are seriously considering having an abortion. Now you're a pregnancy center. You don't offer abortions, of course, at your center. Why is it that someone who is abortion-minded would be coming to the women's center there? That's another really great question. I think that as they Google search or they're looking for answers and options before they make a decision, they are directed to a pregnancy center like ours. And one thing I will say about pregnancy centers is there is no coercion. There is no secret tactic or anything like that. 
our concern is for the woman and for the baby and to give them the most accurate information that we possibly can, which includes an ultrasound image at no charge to them. And your typical abortion center charges a significant amount of money, a couple hundred, if not more than that, to get an ultrasound to test to make sure that they're pregnant. That's true from your experience as well. Yes, it is true. They wrap that cost into the cost of the abortion overall. We are seeing a rise in women who are aborting medically, which is the RU486 method using pills or or vaginal inserts. And I'm not sure that they're afforded the ultrasound because they can order over the internet and get that medication and self-abort, which is tragic and scary. Yes, we had that topic of the RU486 pill in September of 2018. And we talked to women who have had that pill. So if any of our listeners are interested in more information about that, they can go to the September 2018 podcast. But that is definitely perhaps probably because of COVID, it's even much more common than it has been. I know that the stats for 2019 are already way up in Ohio. It was in 2018, about a third of abortions were using that pill. And that is over 40% now in 2019. So in 2020, who knows how high that number is going to be. So back to ultrasound. So I don't know how long you've been in that business, but I know that images have gotten more clear over the years with 4D machines. What can you tell me about how the imaging of the ultrasound machine has been developed over the the past few years and how much more effective it is today? Well, as you can imagine, with the progression of all technology, ultrasound imaging has become so clear and so just easily used by those of us in the pregnancy center. A lot of centers are going to 3D, 4D images, which bring that baby to life in a way that 10, 20 years ago, we didn't have. The affordability, the generosity of donors, making it possible for us to be able to access that technology. It's crucial. Ultrasound is the most vital tool that a pregnancy center has. It brings together everything. Once a woman walks into that ultrasound room, everything that she has heard from her advocate, everything that she maybe has seen in literature is brought to life right before her eyes. And there she is brought face to face with her developing baby. Right. I remember all of my nieces and nephews are adults now. And I remember my sister or my sister-in-law, right, coming home with with an ultrasound image and it was black and white and very grainy. And you had to write on the piece of paper, circle in the marker, this is your baby kind of a thing. And it was, you can barely tell anything. And today they have these images that are in color. They look three-dimensional and it's much more clear. Now, what they call 4D, as I recall, that so-called fourth dimension is that is movement, right? You can actually have a movie, not just a still image. That's what that means. You can see the baby sucking his thumb, for example. At what age, at what level of development will you see significant movement and doing things that you expect a baby to do, like sucking a thumb? The best time for a 3D or 4D, as you said, that movement in real time is lots of people will say the second trimester. If we can capture a baby even at 12 weeks, which is 10 weeks from conception, we can see baby moving fingers, toes. The baby is plump, you know, we call it a little Pillsbury Doughboy look. (laughs) They're 
sucking thumbs, they're moving around, they're grabbing umbilical cords. It is the image says to the mom, there's no doubt that that is a baby. That is my baby doing all those things in the womb. But with the image clarity, even at 10 weeks or 11 weeks, you're getting amazing, amazing images. And it comes so much earlier than most people probably believe. You hear that phrase blob of cells that a lot of women are probably told in any number of weeks of pregnancy when abortion is still legal. And yet if you see that image and you see your fetus, if you see your baby doing things that, as they say, you expect a born infant to be doing, moving in such a way that can change things so dramatically. Do you have any stories you want to share about a woman who came in and saw their ultrasound and what happened to them? Amazing stories. I had a girl come in. She was very determined to have an abortion. She thought that she wasn't very far, but, and her test was very faint. They counseled with her a bit. And when we got her back in the ultrasound room, she ended up having triplets. And that is a real eye-opener. While it's scary for the mom, for whatever reason, aborting one doesn't seem like much of an issue. But three, what a blessing. Um, Changed her whole life. And we were able to see her through with classes and the things that she needed for her babies. We actually had uh, a similar, it was in Cincinnati, it was Pregnancy Center East, and there was a woman in a similar situation. She came in and she found out she was pregnant with triplets, and she was abortion-minded, and the idea of aborting triplets just even seemed horrendously worse to her than aborting one, and they turned out very healthy. She has three very healthy (laughs) triplet babies who are all as far as, they're like six months old now. Another story I have, a young girl came to us with her grandmother I didn't see her prior to the ultrasound, but her advocate came and told me that she was ill and needed to have the ultrasound because she wanted to have an abortion. And actually, Planned Parenthood had sent her to us, which they do often because they know they can get a free ultrasound. So when she walked back, she walked back very slowly and she was obviously in some discomfort or ill. When we did the ultrasound, I found that she was nine months pregnant and in active labor. So we sent her directly to the emergency room. Right. And the next morning she delivered a healthy baby girl. There happened to be, which I know there are no happened to be's with God involved. There was a family available through Catholic Social Services, and she was able to place her daughter with a very, very excited family. And she returned a few weeks later to thank us for what we had done. We nearly had a delivery. (laughs) That reminds me of my own, one of of my adopted children was an overnight situation, a woman that showed up in the hospital. It was a little bit different, but she showed up in the hospital claiming she didn't know she was pregnant, which happens sometimes. All the time, Bob, it is phenomenal to me. It's either the power of denial, where they really, really just convince themselves that it's not. But we hear it so much. And they're so far along by the time we see them. And so they do need that support through when they're past the time where they thought they could have an abortion. I do want to tell you about a story about a worker. I was working in the center directly across the street from the abortion clinic in Kettering. 
oftentimes they would videotape us going in. They wanted to know our faces. They wanted to know who we were and the workers. So we began to pray about it and decided that we would just begin to wave and say good morning and hello. And before long, we started a relationship with the guard there. And it became quite friendly between my staff and him. He would come and get the snow off of our cars. He would bring us donuts and we would return the favors. And then it began where he would send women to us because he trusted us and knew that we could help him. So if they seemed a bit ambivalent, he would say, go see my friend Lee across the street or go see my friend Mary across the street. It ended abruptly and sort of sadly, but it was a beautiful relationship and just shows what can happen. I mean, exactly what happened with Abby Johnson, just being kind and you never know where God has placed somebody, but we were able to save a lot of babies that way. Here's an interesting question. I have to be a little courageous to ask a question like this. Certainly, I want abortion to be illegal. I don't want people to be killing their babies. But we also know that if abortion was made illegal overnight, there are a lot of people that will be very upset about a lot of people that who their hearts are in a place right now where they would find that really trampling on their rights. But from the people that spoken to me, right, about their experience with going to having an abortion uh, at a center or thinking about that and going to a pregnancy care center, I would like to believe that if abortion remained legal, but at the same time, if wherever you got an abortion, wherever that was, if the people who were offering that, offered the same care, showed people ultrasound images, said, if you choose to keep your baby, this is how we can help you. Or if you choose to go through this pregnancy, this is how we can place you know, your child in a loving home and really explain those options as well and showed them the ultrasound and what they had, but didn't make abortion illegal, we would still have an incredible drop of the number of women that would end up still choosing to have an abortion. If we did that, that would make a gigantic difference. But instead of basically lying and saying that's a blob of cells, not showing them an ultrasound, convincing them, this is your best option. This is going to Mm -hmm. get rid of your problem. You really need to have this abortion. Instead of talking that way, caring for the woman, that would make a big difference in the abortion issue. Would you, what's your opinion on that whole piece? Well, I have two thoughts about that. The abortion clinic in Kettering, I know they are required to give information about adoption, about other options, but it's in pamphlet form that we have seen. And they do give a resource guide in their packet of information, but I don't think that's one thing that they focus on. I do think that the abortion industry is trying to portray themselves as caring It's a woman's right. It's a woman's choice. They're all about the woman. When for you and I, we know that that's, it's it's just lies and and evil. It is mostly about the money because they don't do them for free. And there's no concern for the life of an infant or an unborn child. With the new administration that will come in, the assault or potential assault on pregnancy centers could be a very grave situation for us. There could be regulations, there could be requirements to refer for abortion, there could be requirements for our medical clinics to prescribe 
uh, birth control or are you 46? So we need a lot of prayers and a lot of support because this could be the reality for us in the next few months. Right. We don't know what's going to happen, but we do know that we're looking at an administration that has a very different view on abortion and a very different view on pregnancy care centers coming into power. The battleground in Georgia, and what I mean by that is the Senate, the Senate race in Georgia could make a gigantic difference right there, whether or not the Republicans or the Democrats end up having a majority in the Senate. This 51, 50, 49 thing is all hinging on Georgia, and they're having another election in January. We will know by the time this is aired, <laughs> but at the time of recording, I don't know what's going to happen there. That might be a, make a gigantic difference in, uh, yes. in what might come to pass. So you're right. Either way, we need to be praying about that. And regardless of what happens, you, of course, and all the other centers across the country are going to be continuing to do what it is that they do, continuing to Mm -hmm. real help to women in crisis pregnancies and try to help them make the choices as best as best as we can. So you're a nurse, but you've trained as an ultrasound tech. Is there something that happened that you brought or something that you've learned that shares that's part of your story that brought you to decide to become an ultrasound tech? So I myself am post-abortive. I had an abortion when I was 21 years old. It had a very negative effect on my life until the Lord rescued me and saved my life. And I was a nurse. In fact, I had my abortion during nursing school, and that was part of the reasoning for that. But as I healed and my faith in the Lord grew, He began to call me into pro-life ministry And I started working in 1998 in Florida at a maternity home and ultrasound was just making a big splash in the pregnancy center movement. And they started training nurses to do what we call limited obstetrical ultrasound. So it is a very limited scan. We're looking for a baby in the uterus with a heartbeat and how many there are. So nurses all over the country have been trained in this. I've been doing it for almost 18 years now. It is the most vital tool, I say, of the pregnancy center movement. I was trained through NIFLA. It is the National Institute for Family and Life Advocacy. NIFLA is sort of a parent legal organization for pregnancy centers all around the world. And they keep us in line, so to speak, providing care with excellence. And that's what we strive to do. I have done various jobs in the pro-life ministry, but always come back to ultrasound. Thanks for sharing that part of your story. I'm sorry to hear about that abortion, but I'm glad to hear that you're on that journey, that you found healing, that the Lord works in all of our hearts and be able to take that and turn it into a positive, turn it into a way to help other people. Did you want to share more about that piece when you found yourself in that crisis pregnancy and what led to that? It's a little bit off topic, perhaps. I can. I feel like I've had a very wayward path as a teenager. I was not very settled. Our home life was not very settled. My sister and I began to look for love and acceptance and drugs and alcohol and things that teenagers do. My sister ended up getting pregnant at the age of 17. My parents consented to her marriage And from that point on, I was sort of treated as an adult in the household. No rules, no expectations. I began dating. 
a boy that I met, we began a sexual relationship. We dated for a long time and, it, and he ended up being my husband. Actually, when I discovered that I was pregnant, we were scared, which uh, fear drives most abortions. I think after talking to a lot of women, he was getting ready to go into the military. And I said, as I mentioned earlier, I was in nursing school. We didn't think we didn't discuss, we just reacted. And I had an abortion. It was a devastating thing for me. I wasn't fully resigned to the idea, but it seemed like the best option at the time. I completed nursing school and we got married a year later and my emotional and spiritual decline ensued. I became very depressed and very guilt ridden. And I finally met a pastor who was able to as I would say, lead me to the Lord. From that point on, the healing began. The real healing came when I met uh, the women in Florida at a pregnancy center, and they introduced me to a post-abortion healing program. And there you walk through the stages of grief, which a post-abortive woman does grieve. And there also was I able to fully release my guilt and shame to the Lord Jesus Christ. And shortly after that, he began to call me into pro-life ministry. And I will tell you that I resisted for a long time. As many women will say, I hadn't completely forgiven myself. So that did take a little bit of time. Then I happily walked into a pregnancy center in Florida, Fort Walton Beach, Florida, asked them, number one, if they needed volunteers, and number two, if I could talk about Jesus. And they said yes to both. So I was in. <laughs> Amen. Great. We run a ministry for post-abortive women and men as well here in the Archdiocese, but there are others. There are several here in the Archdiocese. It is quite remarkable, Bob. I'll say, quite remarkable that the Lord is using me in ultrasound, a post-abortive woman viewing image after image after image, but really knowing the importance of a woman seeing that image before she makes one of the worst possible decisions of her life is the most important thing that we do. It's so important that she has every piece of information that she needs to make that decision. And ultrasound definitely is a huge part of that. So were ultrasound images available at that time? And was, was that something that may have been a part of your decision or that was before that technology was even around? There were pregnancy centers around during that time, but I didn't know of them. And as I said, I was so afraid and we were so scared. We didn't want anybody to know. And so we just reacted to what we felt was a problem, which most women that I speak to, it is a problem. They view it as a problem until you show them the ultrasound image and then you know, that problem is their child. They can make that connection. One story that I can recall, when you talk about it as a blob of tissue, I had a young woman walk across the street from the abortion clinic. She had just had an ultrasound there, showed me the ultrasound picture. It had been manipulated in such a way that it did not show her her baby. When I did her ultrasound, there was an eight-week-old baby within her womb. And so there are things like that that go on where the image is manipulated or they're given a picture that would make it appear that it's nothing in there. 
So what we're doing is vital. We are showing them the truth and we do it five days a week. And that speaks louder than any piece of literature, any anything we could say to them, any testimony we could give them. They say a picture is worth a thousand words and it definitely is. When you're in an industry where you have to, or even if you feel like you have to hide the truth in order to do your job, you have to find the worst picture that you have taken right? in order to, when you have to operate that way, you would think that that would either really harden your heart into a way where you're truly not caring about your, your patients, or you would leave. You would think that would be what would it, whereas pregnancy care centers, certainly we all realize that, that we're out there trying to help the woman, trying to help the baby as well, and trying to help turn, it's, it's a big point that you made, I think, where when you're thinking about an abortion, you're obviously seeing this pregnancy as a problem. When you see your pregnancy as your child, then you still have a problem like it, but the problem is not the child. The problem is, how am I going to take care of this child? That becomes the problem, for which abortion is not a solution anymore. Killing the child is not a solution. The solution is, okay, well, this is the help that I'm going to need in order to raise this child, or I can't do this right now, and I can place this child in another home that is able to take care of. These are the solutions when the child is not the problem. It's a gigantically, monumentally different focus that can happen when you have that ultrasound and you see the beauty of this as a child, because that happens at a very early stage of development. All right, anything else do you think I should ask you? I think that for us right now, most pregnancy centers, and I know the pregnancy centers in Dayton, we are in desperate need of nurses who would be willing to train to do ultrasound. If they could give three or four hours a week, it would be one of the most rewarding things they've ever done. It is a ministry unto the Lord like no other. I call it the best gig in town, but getting to show people, women, their babies is just one of the most amazing privileges I've ever had. So we are desperate for nurses who would be willing to train and give a few hours a week to help. That's an excellent point. If you are a nurse, either you're already trained or if you're not trained and you want to get trained, there are plenty of pregnancy centers out there that can use your help. And in particular, the Women's Center in Kettering, which you can find there. We'll also be happy to take some volunteer hours from you. And you said you will train them as well if they're already a nurse. We would provide training. Yes, it is a two-week training with some hands-on and book learning. But yes, we provide that training. So you have a willing heart and you have the... Now, what if you're not a nurse? What kind of qualifications do you have to have in order to for this training to be enough for you to be able to become and do ultrasounds? You would have to have some medical background, a nurse, physician's assistant, doctor, some sort of medical background in order to be trained. Thanks for bringing that up. That's a great way that uh, that you can help women and their children here in, at A's Environment. Well, thank you for talking with us today about the image of a child through an ultrasound machine and how effective it can be in helping a woman make the choice for life. So thanks for spending time with us today. Thank you, Bob. And I want to thank all of our viewers and listeners for tuning in on this episode of our Being Pro-Life series. 
Head to the website to view more resources talked about in this episode at www.catholicaoc.org slash being-pro-life. Thank you again for joining us today. I look forward to being with you next time.